Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Spadrosian throws to Sandberg and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first, it's over! 27 years of waiting have come to an end! The Giants have won the pennant! All right, Brad, I'm really excited tonight because I get to do another judge report and I get to hear, we get to yeah. play the little little tune there uh we will get to that we will talk about barry bonds we will talk about brian reynolds because i did reach out to someone today and i haven't even told you who just to kind of get like what what would brian reynolds fetch for for the giants Uh, so we'll have that and uh i guess we should open with this trey turner deal so the deals are, are coming like the the big players are coming off the board. Yeah, we saw Degrom. We saw uh, just uh, today Verlander and uh, Trey Turner goes for eleven years, three hundred million. Now Trey Turner, I don't think the Giants had a great chance at him, but he would have been a, a perfect player for them. Yeah, not uh, at and, that price. Definitely well, not at that price. <laughs> well, I if, think, if if I, I think if Judge was off the board, yeah, and Turner was still there. The Giants probably would have made a run for him, but I think he likes the East Coast. So, but we'll get it right. That. And the the flip side is that you you may be more of a Turner fan than Correa fan, which I think both of us are. But yeah. the mere fact that Correa is younger and his style of play seems to uh it's it seems to exist longer into a career than than how turner plays because turner's more of a speed guy uh you know i think the giants it sounds like the giants are very high on on correa so we'll we'll talk about that too but yeah that turner 11 years 300 million uh for a middle infielder and i think he will be 40 at the end of this deal so it's going to be super interesting on how now with the DH, we always say this. With the DH, it always changes things because I can remember that I I don't think he was forty, but like how old was Paul Molitor when he was just like hitting lasers cool. for the Toronto Blue Jays? I was like forty one, forty two, <laughs> probably. You know, and also at the end of those D, it's a no trade too, uh, which really doesn't mean anything because in five years, if the Phillies are are bad and they want to trade him to a contender with lots of money. Um, you know, and he's still playing decent ball, then, you know, he can open up the no trade clause. So, yes, yes, you are right. Molitor, <laughs> Molitor retired when he was, uh, four, it looked like around 41 or at least yeah. his 41 season, but he led all of baseball in hits when he was 39 years old. <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, he's just one of those timeless guys. Did he get that age of, of baseball? There were guys that could go longer. Um, average hitters because it wasn't uh, it wasn't like nowadays where as soon as you lose your power, who are you, Cody Bellinger? I mean, when you lose your power, it, it's guys aren't hitting three forty anymore, three thirty anymore. They, they just don't have those hitters in Major League Baseball. Um, you know, all you have to do is put the bat on the ball. How, how old was Rod Carew when he retired too? He he was. Uh, he was an older guy also. He was close to his 40s, weight bogs. Uh, I mean, you know, the the hitters, the pure hitters, those guys yeah. could last a long time. Carew would have retired. 
at the age 39. And he kind of went out on uh, with a bang. He still hit 280 with a 371 on base. It's just his power yeah. was was way down at that point. Yeah, yeah. He he wasn't even hitting doubles anymore. But uh, but wow, just uh, at the age of 39, yeah, these hitters. And, and that's why I bring up the DH part of this is because yeah, if Turner, you know, he's going to lose a lot of his speed as he gets older and maybe even won't be a, a, a shortstop anymore. Maybe he moves over to second or to first. But because of the DH, you can see, you're going to see in the National League what happened in the American League where guys like, Edgar Martinez could have long careers and, and yeah, Malcor yeah. and, you know, guys like that who we just talked about. So, um, yeah, but good, good for Trey, man. He got, he got the money and he, he's like the first big one to come off the board as far as like the longevity of that deal. Yeah. That, that's, um, I, th- I think Mark Rosa just said on MLB network a little while ago, a little while ago before we came on, um, I think he said Judge is probably looking at that and saying, he got 10, I want 10. Uh, I mean, the last reports we heard was the Yankees offered eight, uh, and then it's probably, then there were rumors that it's probably going to take nine to get him. And now DeRosa is saying if Judge has seen Trey Turner getting 10, he wants 10. I mean, if that's what it takes for the Giants, Judge is entering the season right around the beginning. He'll be 31. That's 41 years old. That's a big body. That's that's going to be a tough one to hang on to for, for 10 years into his 40s. I, I, you know? I wonder what the calculus is for the Giants. Like, I wonder if they have a table that says, okay, if Judge is okay with eight or nine years, he's number one. If he wants 10 then Correa is number one. But if Correa wants 12, then Judge is back to number one. Like, <laughs> I wonder how that works Like when they're doing this. You know, it sounds like they like both players. That's possible, too. And I wonder, you know, the Giants, I, I wonder how they're going to play this. Do they, do they think they need to sign another bat before they sign Judge to show Judge, like, we're, we're serious about building this lineup. We want to score runs. We want to win ball games. We want to win the National League West. Trey Turner just left the Dodgers. Um, you know, they've, they've got a wealth of talent in the minors. Gavin Lux is going to get his shot in the infield now. Uh, Cody Bellinger is not going to be there anymore. But again, what has he done the last couple of seasons for the Dodgers, not a whole lot. Uh, Dodgers are, I mean, that's the scary part. The Dodgers are very quiet right now. I mean, like scary quiet. Yeah, and they they so, seem to be wanting to to see what deals are out there and then come in late, which is what they did with Freddie yeah. Freeman, right? They came in Correct. kind of at the end there with Freddie Freeman and, and swept him away. Yeah, and, yeah, and same thing that, that they do it that they do at the trade deadline too. You know, they kind of see. Uh, Okay, what's what's the top prospect packages for players? Cool, we'll one up that, or we'll two up that, and then we'll just grab that player. Um, so yeah, I, I wonder if they're kind of sitting back, watching the judge market, and uh, you know, I I don't I don't know, man. It's frightening when anytime the Dodgers are quiet, it's a little bit scary. I think Judge is in Tampa Bay tonight, right? Because they're playing yeah, uh, uh, yeah, at the football kinda, game. Yeah, he's got his uh, uh, his Mike Evans jersey because I guess Mike Evans wore a, a an Aaron Judge jersey at one point. So, uh, but he was on the field. I don't know why he was on the field. He's doing that. He's not yeah. signing with the Rays. I'll tell you that. Much. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should just kick it off then with, with let's uh, do it with the Judge report here. All right, week two of the Judge report. Oh, sorry. I was getting into it. <laughs> That's like video game music. I like that jam. Uh, all right. Let's kick it off with, um, did you know that MLB Trade Rumors has an app? Yeah. You know what? I used to, ha- or I think I might even still have the app. I haven't gone to it in a long time, but um, yeah, yeah. I used to check that out quite often. I like that app. So I used to, uh, I used to just have their Twitter send me notifications but then that got like really really like mm, uh, like every every 10 minutes is like a new tweet <laughs> that i get notified about 
Uh, but so I got the app and I was just checking it out. The app is very simple. Like there no engineering whiz designed this thing, right? Yeah. But but what it what it does is it allows you to say only send me notifications if it's the team that I want. And so now they're doing all four sports. So I oh, so right. if it's if it, anything that they write up the Giants, the Warriors or the Niners, then I get the notification from the app and I pop it open and read it. So I said I said that to say this, which is today uh, I got my uh, my little notification uh, on Aaron Judge, and so I'll read it's it's uh, Mark Polishuk from uh, MLB uh, Trade Rumors. He says there isn't much to there isn't much doubt that Aaron Judge's next contract will top the three hundred million mark, though the exact distance over three hundred and the length of the deals are still unknown. Recent reports have suggested that the Yankees offered Judge an eight-year pact worth roughly three hundred, and that a minimum of nine years will be required to sign, which is what you said. And then uh, they started talking about who would possibly be involved there. Uh, the Yankees said that that wasn't their final bid, so they could add the extra year. It could be the Giants, who's the other team known uh, to, to be in on Judge. And then he said that, um, you know, there, there's a mystery team that that could be out there. But if you look at the odds, and we'll get to the odds here in a second, it's only Giants and Yankees as far as the betting odds are concerned. Now, there's another story that he's going to be at the winter meetings um, today, I guess, or, or, or tonight or something like that. And that he was going to have contract in hand and just be like, "Hey guys, here's here's what I have." So that's that's pretty fascinating. And you know, we also heard that uh, the um, what was the other thing that I was going to mention about the winter meetings? Oh yeah, we heard last week that the. The thought was that it was only going to be after, you know, maybe a little bit after the winter meetings that they thought he was going to make a decision. So, uh, you know, really, it's it's about it's about the now and and the winter meetings and coming out of the winter meetings and all that for for Aaron Judge. So, did you know? And I don't know how big of a deal this is or was, or maybe it's simply because he is no longer a representative of the New York Yankees at this moment because he is a free agent. But he took off the Yankees from his socials. Did you did you see that? I did see that. I don't know what any of that means because <laughs> I see that all the time with pro athletes. Debo uh, Debo took the Forty yeah, ers off when he, <laughs> yeah, when he wasn't but, happy. But see, with that them. was different because he was with the team. So that was like a I'm mad. I'm gonna show you I'm mad. Th- this was more like I'm not a Yankee anymore, which is true. That's, he's not. True. He Very true. He doesn't play for the Yankees, so so he took that out. So I don't. I don't know. I mean, take that all with a grain of salt. Yeah. Now, if he started following the Giants, <laughs> <laughs> then then we got news, man. Yeah, then we got exactly. some news. But I, I, I'm with you. I think it means nothing. I think it just means he's not yeah. currently employed by that team. That's all. It yeah. Means. So okay. Now, him tell me, him going to the. Let's talk about him going to the. Winter meetings. Yes. What does that mean? I don't, I, I racked my brain on this one today. I thought him showing up at the winter meetings when he walks down the hallway at the winter meeting, what does that mean? I mean, is he showing up with his agent for <laughs> negotiations? Is he showing? He's not showing up to sign autographs because there aren't really fans at the, at the yeah. winter meetings that I know of. Um, and, and I certainly don't think he's showing up to do interviews on the MLB network because usually free agents don't do any kind of interviews. Um, is he showing up to do a LeBron? I'm taking my talents <laughs> to Fisherman's Wharf. I mean, is that, <laughs> is that what we're getting? So yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't really know what it means to show up at the winter meetings other than show up with your, uh, your agent, but then your agent can just show up and do the negotiating for you because he knows what you want. So I mean, maybe maybe yeah. there are teams that are outside of his top two or three or whatever that he's like, hey, you know, we'll I'll take a meeting. You know, why not? We'll 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 see what happens here. Uh, yeah, I don't know either. I haven't and I haven't read anyone who who says you know this is what people do or or not or what it means. It's just oh he he's going to be there. Maybe yeah. he's just going to like. 
I don't know, flexes muscles for the camera. So I, who knows? <laughs> We've seen those muscles. We know what they look like. But you, you know, you have a good point there. Um, rather than travel around the country to go to eight different cities, uh, I mean, he's been to some of these cities before. If if the Red Sox are courting him, he's been to Boston uh, quite a few times. He knows what Boston is all about. But if he just meets there with the GM of Boston, but but again, if he does that type of stuff, man, it hits the news super fast. Because again, MLB Network has a whole set set up at the winter meetings in San Diego. Um, maybe he's just going for good seafood. Yeah, good, good, good Mexican food in in San Diego. They got good burritos down there. He's going to the gas lamp uh, <laughs> uh, district or something to hang out. Who knows? But hopefully, he's not going there to meet with the Padres. <laughs> I don't um, think they have any money, so no. Yeah, they, they may be tapped <laughs> out. Uh, so the MLB.com uh, wrote the seven can't-miss winter meeting predictions. Um, and, you know, how, but, so tell me this. If he's in Tampa Bay, when – so he's going to be at the winter meetings, and the winter meetings, what, start this weekend? Uh, it started uh, last night, technically. Okay. Uh, Sunday night, yeah. Okay, so okay, last night. So he was is is he like going back and forth? Like, what's the deal with him being in Tampa Bay? Was he only there I'm, last night? And no, he's there, there tonight anymore? for the for the Monday night football game. Uh, he they showed a picture of him on Twitter walking out on the field in the Mike Evans jersey, uh, and I think they said that on Tuesday tomorrow he's going to be in San Diego. So maybe okay. he's taking a red eye overnight. I That's what it's going to be. Yeah, he has no ties. He's not playing baseball right now. He could do what he wants. He, you know, he can fly around the country. Uh, <laughs> the the life of a baseball player, man. I tell you, it'd be nice just to hop on a jet and uh, do as you please. Okay, so the uh, the MLB website, Anthony Castrovinci. Is that how you pronounce them? Castrovince? Castrovinci. So he wrote that uh, seven can't miss predictions. The first one was that Aaron Judge will make his decision. He said um, it sure looks probable because Judge's destination is a spark that can set off so much other movement in this market. And it's not as if there are a ton of teams involved here. So which team will it be Though we love our mystery teams and it would be fun to see one swoop in late? No, it wouldn't. The market for Judge... <laughs> has basically developed as expected. Yankees versus Giants. It's going to be difficult, though not impossible, for the Giants to field an obvious contender in 2023 while still paying Judge his market value. So he'll stay with the Yankees and become their new captain, or perhaps the title should be Chief Justice. Okay, so <laughs> the smart baseball insider writer says Yankees. Yet, I go to betonline.com and... As of today, uh, the money is still favoring the Giants. The Giants are minus Ooh. 150 to sign them. The Yankees are plus 110. So the, the variance there is very small, right? Yeah. It's not, like, sure. it's not like the Giants are heavily favored. And, uh, you know, you're betting trends or hearing information or whatever. So there is something to that. But it's close. And so it's just interesting because it sounds like most of the smart writers think that all the Yankees have to do is just get close and they have him. Yet the money is still the bet. The betting line is still having the Giants as, as favorite. So that is pretty interesting to me as we get closer to the end of this thing. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not, you know, I I don't know. I, I kind of had this thing with gambling lately because it seems to be in every sport it's in every commercial during every football game uh it was starting to pop up with baseball games hockey uh soccer the world cup there's all this stuff about betting i'm kind of getting miffed by the whole thing it's starting to wonder like you know that there was such a, a pariah with with betting and sports for years and pete rose and all that it just seems like it's a marriage now which makes things a little iffy and, and, and weird w when you look at it from the outside, you know, I'm not saying that there's anything, you know, going on in the background, but right. it just, anytime I see that stuff, it gets a little strange, but, but the, those are interesting. I do like to look at those, I guess you call those 
maybe prop bets. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, a little outside the scope of a prop bet, but uh, but yeah, that that is pretty interesting. That the Giants are. St- Still favored. I still see that quite often. We talked about it on, on the judge report last week that, you know, we we really think, I mean, all signs kind of point to him being a San Francisco giant, almost like it was fate up to this point. Um, starting to wonder, did, did, did maybe he just not even sign a contract extension with the Yankees because he knew he wanted to see what the Giants had to offer and he wanted to visit the Giants and uh, and be courted by the Giants in the offseason and kind of see how that went. So, Yeah, uh, it's always fun to be the courted, right? Like, mm-hmm. and, and, yeah. and with baseball, see, with basketball, the way the basketball contracts work, because the guys start playing so early, you know, usually at 19, so let's say you do your first five-year deal at 19. Basically, you come out of there at 24, and then you do the whole free agent thing, and you're the the dandy of the market, and you get to go, and all these teams are uh, rolling out the red carpet and stuff. So I think there's a draw to that. And why, if you, what did he, what did he do? He bet on himself, and he had the best bet on yourself season of all time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was so smart. I mean, I was so happy for him to do it that way because he could have taken the money, which would have been a bargain for the Yankees based on on what they're going to have to get for him now. So great for him. I, I'm, I'm actually glad that it happened the way it happened because sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you bet on yourself and you go, uh, yeah, I left a lot of money on the table by having a bad year. Yeah, and and I would love to see – Especially in baseball, how does the courting happen? What do the meetings look like? Um, you know, when Judge was in San Francisco and the Giants had him in meetings, what what do the meetings sound like? What do the tours look like? Was Rich Aurelia um, involved? Yeah, exactly. Was Rich Aurelia involved? <laughs> uh, more importantly, was a Eugenio Velez? <laughs> Sorry, a Eugenio. Um, but you know stuff like that. I, it's just kind of curious, and 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 maybe someday we'll see because maybe they'll work it into a video game someday. You, yeah. you know what I mean? I I don't know if they do in two K the basketball game. I know you play that. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I don't know if they have that worked into the free agency aspect of things when you're the my player. But that would be really cool because then you can kind of get as a fan a behind the scenes look at this is what it's like. And okay, so this is why Aaron Judge hasn't signed yet yeah because he had this cool three-day meeting in san francisco he knows what the yankees have to offer he doesn't have to do that but maybe he wants to go to boston and see what they have to offer maybe he wants to go to la and see what they have to offer and the different aspects of the of the pitch uh that you get and that's you see they could work that into the game they can call it the pitch i will go ahead and copyright that you can use that <laughs> and, uh, send the checks to me all right last <laughs> thing before we move on and we talk about barry and we get less excited and happy when we have to talk no. about this Barry thing Sheesh. okay so um this was on December 1st. So this is uh, l- last week after we recorded. Uh, John Morosi told ML- the, uh, uh, I guess, is it Hot Stove? Is that the MLB Network show that they do? Yes, Hot Stove. Okay. He said on Hot Stove that the Giants are a very realistic possibility. This is not a Yankees at 70% likelihood and the Giants are 30 I think we are very close to 50-50, where if the Giants really step up and get that AAV up closer to $40 million a year, which is kind of what we were wondering last week, there's a legitimate mm-hmm. chance that Aaron Judge becomes a San Francisco Giant. So there you go. It's close. I like That's ending on a good note. Yeah. I like that. Do, do you, okay, so one last thing here. We've come up second place a few different times. <laughs> Too many times. Do you think that if if you what percentage would you put on us either getting Judge or Correa? Because if they miss out on both of those guys, then you're talking about Dansby Swanson. Um, who who uh, was given Xander, an offer by the Angels today? Apparently, Xander Bogarts. You're talking about guys like that, which. I don't think the fan base will be as like, I mean, I think the j- judge is here, right? And Korea's yeah. like here, but those other guys would be like, 
Eh, dude, dude what, why are we bothering? Not not to say that they're not good players because they are, and they will definitely help the team. But from the yeah. from the fan expectancy, like it's really judge is is highly sought after. And I think they would be like, okay, we'll settle for Correa. But anything after that, I think the fans will be very disappointed. Yeah, and and you and I see that's a hard one because you and I are realistic. We understand that you can build a baseball team without having a, a gigantic megastar. You know, we, we've seen it before. As San Francisco Giants fans, we have won three World Series championships without a megastar. Buster I mean, was Buster, the MVP in 2012, though. He was, but he is not... You know, the, he is not the Aaron Judge. He is not the Trey Turner. He is not the, you know, the prize possession. Now, the Giants could have gotten a haul if they would have traded him at the height of his career. Absolutely. But then again, you know, Buster Posey with his resurgence in, in 2021 allowed the Giants to also then get to the playoffs again. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but looking at the lineup, I don't know if I, I, I know that we can survive without Correa and judge and still possibly get to the playoffs with good pieces and good pitching and good defense. I think there's, I think there's a good section of the fan base that wants to go to the ballpark and they want to see Aaron judge. Yep. They want to see maybe Carlos Correa. They don't, I mean, they probably have, and, and this is not knocking anybody, but maybe they just don't know who Xander Bogarts is. Um, he's not in the news all the time. So he's here, not, here's, uh, you know. here's kind of a, a counter a little bit to what you're saying, which is okay. in 2021, they had the greatest single season in San Francisco Giants history, right? Mm -hmm. 107 yes. wins. They did not sell out every game that year. Right, but it was after COVID. It was it, it, COVID it was, was it was after yeah. COVID for sure. But then you would think that 2022 coming off of that great season, and then they started off really well, right? The, the season started sure. off great, and then they kind of fell off. The attendance figures were not fantastic either. Like I, I went to a few games early in the season, and you're like, oh, there's like thirty thousand people here, like legitimately good crowd, but not what. San Francisco was used to in the heyday, right? So yeah, I think there is the I think the fan base is smart fan base. So you're not just going to wow them with judge and then that's it and not build right a winner. They're gonna see through that. But they are also gonna be a little skeptical with this uh with the way that Zadie puts his teams together and you know with this whole you know the the sum of the parts or whatever that saying is. I can never get it right. Um, <laughs> and and that's kind of what the the championship teams were about. It's like really like the, the whole team. But they had Lincecum, and they had Buster, and then you have Madison Bumgarner later. You had Brian Wilson. You had Pablo Sandoval. Those guys may not have been – Lincecum was. Lincecum was like a mainstream superstar. Po yeah. Posey was like right on the cusp. And if he doesn't get hurt, then he, he probably does have better power numbers, and, and maybe he does become that. But – you look at the the way that that team is is built together, you know, built, uh, put together. I think the team will see anything less than a really good player that they signed to a long term deal as a fail. I, I just out of the gate, I just think that's going to happen. Yeah, and and I, I totally see what you're saying. Um, I and I guess it's because I hope not. Yeah, I, I hope I, I know everybody says, you know, I've seen on Twitter. I don't know how many times Farhan is in the on the hot seat. If he doesn't get judge, you you can win other ways. You can get a Correa. You can get a Kenley Jansen. I mean, you, even not Correa. You can get a Xander Bogarts. You can uh, you can get a Brandon Nimmo. You can you can boost up this offense. Get another, you know, you can go and then take your money and, and turn to Carlos Rodon. I know, and again, I know the Giants, that's not their thing. Their thing is not pitching, you know, giving out long pitching contracts. It's not what they do. But if they need to put butts in seats and they need to win ball games and they need to be above 500, uh, th there are ways to do it. And uh, I have the confidence in Farhan. Maybe I'm, you know, 
just uh, a rah-rah guy at this point because I've seen what he can do. Um, and last year was a bit of an off year. Nobody, <laughs> I don't think anybody could have predicted every single player was going to take a downturn from the year before. I mean, if you had one or two that took a downturn, you could still survive when maybe, you know, 92, 93 games and possibly get into the playoffs. Um, but, but yeah, I, I completely see what you're saying. And the giants do need that draw power. They really do. And and what are the warriors doing? Um, I, cause I don't have my pulse on, on, on attendance and on other things, but the warriors, I assume are selling out every single yeah. game. I mean, yeah. that's basketball. So yeah. 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 They're, so they're, 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 yeah. They're going to keep selling out yeah. as long as they have their, their core there. They're, they're going to keep yeah, selling Yeah, so the out. Bay Area fans are there. They're, they're, they're coming to the games. They want to come to the games. Last year was rough because, again, you win 107 games. You see the Giants lose five in a row. All of a sudden, guys, you know, people are like, ah, we're not going to go to the game this weekend. We have other things to do, blah, blah, blah. You know, Bay Area fans can be fickle. It just can be the way it is. I mean, look at the Niners. The Niners have success. They sell out. They they get everybody there. They come to different stadiums around the country. But when they're not winning, the stadiums are half empty. I mean, it just it just it it happens. Um, so yeah, I mean, the Giants need to have that name. Uh, and and I mean, Judge would be a gigantic boost. But I think they can still do it. I think they can still win if they don't have him. Obviously, so the Giants are clearly in third place at this point in the Bay Area, which is not yeah, absolutely you. You, ne- you, ne- you don't usually see that though because. San Francisco is kind of a baseball town and for them to be behind the Warriors and the 49ers is it doesn't happen that often. So that's another thing to look at. And so Ryan, my friend Ryan here, he, he popped in and said that uh, Bogertz is a very good player, not the long-term guy you want at short with Luciano. See, I would say based on what I'm sort of feeling, hearing, reading, it sounds like Luciano may actually be more of a third base or corner outfield guy than a shortstop long term because yeah. he's just big and they expect him to grow and get bigger. Uh, and not not saying that you know, uh, not not to say that this is going to be a problem for him long term, but he also already has back injuries, which scares me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, Bo- and Bogarts, I love Bogarts personally. I'm I'm a big fan. Um, he's he's one of my favorite East Coast players. Uh, he can hit 320, 330. Uh, he has some pop. Uh, he has some range at shortstop. Um, you know, he's just not top of the line. Fell off a little bit in power this past uh, season, but still hit. I mean, and the guy can still hit. Last and Ryan, year, love the, you. Thanks for thanks for yeah. listening. But that Man City jersey he's wearing <laughs> hurts, hurts my heart as a Chelsea fan. But thank you for listening. <laughs> yeah, Ryan's not even a Giants fan. I think he just likes uh, good. He just That's likes fine. the yeah. checking out the podcast here and there. We love. Uh, okay, so. You know, just to kind of, this is surprising to me because I I didn't know this, but Bogert's best season. Um, you got to go back to 2019. He was fifth in the MVP race, 33 jacks, 117 RBI. Now he's never been close to 33 jacks uh, before or since. His his next highest is 23. And I looked at his offensive numbers last year, and you're like, ah, eh, you're right. He he kind of fell fell off a little bit. But then you look at his war, and now this is the the baseball reference uh, war. Mm-hmm. He had his second highest war ever last year, only to that 2019 season. 2019, he was a 6.3 war. 2022, he was a 5.8 war. So even with the wow. diminished uh, stats offensively, he was still a 5.8 war. So that you know that that is is in his corner. You know, if you are a Bogarts guy, that uh, that says a lot for him that, you know, even on a down year, he can still uh, mean a lot to to a team when it comes to value. And if you want to uh, if you want to uh, compare it to. Oh, my God. Stupid baseball reference. I used to love. baseball reference page it's a tough page there there's like pop-ups and they play Ah. video and i get it (laughs) you know they would only have sponsorships on it and stuff but man Uh, i'm just looking for numbers and then you give me these terrible ads (laughs) uh so okay so you look at carlos correa when it comes to war uh he was at a 5.4 
last year and a 7.2 the year before. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, comparable, right? They're, they're, they're comparable in these instances, but, uh, Cray is a little bit younger, I think. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, let's actually move on to this bonds talk. I didn't want to do it because it's so frustrating to do. It's, uh, yeah, but we got to do it. I have a lot to say. So it went to the (laughs) vote yesterday and there were, was it 12? Was it 12 or 16? Uh, 16, uh, uh, 16 person committee. Yeah. So there were, so you had, I think, what was it? You had to get 12 out of 16 to correct, to qualify. Okay. That's what, what it was. And so obviously we've been talking about this last several shows, Bonds, Clemens, Schilling, Palmero, McGriff, Mattingly, Dale Murphy, all on this committee, uh, this committee vote to get into the world, uh, to the hall of fame. And early, uh, early thoughts were that McGriff was definitely getting in. And what turned out, and, and I, I'll go by uh, Hank Shulman. Hank Shulman had tweeted yesterday that he thought Bonds had a pretty good shot because of the people who were voting. And this is what you said last week when we did our little, uh, our, our, our little voting poll. You know, who is, does Greg Maddox say yes or no? And you know what I didn't realize? And this goes back to last year. So Harold Baines gets in last year, right? And Harold Baines, I don't think he ever had more than like 10 or 15% of, of the writer's vote, like ever. So he gets in, but the reason why he gets in is because the uh, the White Sox uh, GM um, and Tony La Russa were both on the ballot. So <laughs> there was, there, there was a, a context around it saying that, you know, Larusa and I think was it Reinsdorf? I forget who who the second person was, but they kind of like just kept throwing his name out there because it, it's not just you just vote. It's like you have this this long meeting, and this is kind of how the NFL does their Hall of Fame too. You have this meeting, and then you have these discussions, you ask these questions, and you kind of debate back and forth, and then you vote. And so last year, the people were saying, "Ah, oh, it's such you know." I'm glad for Harold, but. You know, just just the way that it happened, it didn't feel right. Like if those two guys were not in that room, he probably doesn't get in. And so when you get to McGriff, there were some Braves people in there. One of them was Greg Maddox, and one of them was Chipper Jones. And so then it started to like, oh, is that why McGriff was like? 16 for 16, right? And so the other thing I didn't realize, and Andrew Baggerly wrote about this, was you had a finite number of votes that you could use. You could only use three votes. So oh, okay. if, if if during this discussion, if you looked at the, the, the room and there were five no for bonds, then why would you waste your one one of your three on bonds. If you knew that he wasn't getting in, I didn't know that it worked this way. So bonds is bonds gets, we don't even know how many votes he got. He could have gotten zero because all it said was less than four. So out of these 16 people, less than four, we know Susan Slusser. She was going to be a yes. Cause she wrote about it. She's written about right. it in the past. Um, so yeah, unfortunate that it turns out this way. It, it's, it's such a game. It's such a gimmick. It's, it's, you know, the, a, as flawed as, as the writer's scenario is, because a lot of this is about relationships and, a lot of, you know, for, for Barry. Yeah. You know, he was not nice to a lot of these guys. So some of it is that, but man, when it comes to this committee and you're thinking like, Oh, here's another shot. It really wasn't another shot for him. It was, it's this game that, that, these 16 individuals are, are involved in to, you know, put their name on somebody and they weren't just weren't going to do it for him, which is, which is just makes the whole thing kind of a, I don't know, it's a crock. Like it's just, it's so yeah. embarrassing that it happened this way. It's, it's one of those things that you look at and you think if, if it's hard enough to get in the initial vote and you've got what, 10 years to do it or so, um, as long as you're getting above a certain percentage of vote uh, of votes for, for the regular hall of fame voting. If you think it's hard to get in there, 
wait until you get to the, uh, you know, this committee, because that's what, what Schilling basically said. He didn't get in, but he left with what? 71% of the vote at one point. Uh, and you needed to get to 75 and he said, take my name off the ballot. I'll take my chances with the <laughs> veterans committee. And then he gets here and gets 47% of the vote. So, you know, it, it's tough. I, I mean, why not do, why not just do a secret ballot? You vote for three people, you vote for three people and see what happens. Um, yeah. Like you said, a crock. I, I have, you know, I'm a big music guy and I've yeah. always been a rock and roll hall of fame. I, you know, at the beginning I was like rock and roll hall of fame. This is super cool. I'm glad they're finally doing this. It's like a hall of fame other than baseball. That means something to me personally, football hall of fame is cool. I like it, but you know, I've always been uh, your baseball hall of famer. Are you in the rock and roll hall of fame? Then that started the rock and roll hall of fame started becoming a joke too. Cause there's bands that have been around forever that are famous, not even million selling albums, but critically acclaimed albums that are not in the rock and roll hall of fame. And I don't care. Let in, let in rap soul, let in, uh, you know, uh, country, whatever it is. I, I really don't care. You call it the music hall of fame. That's cool. I don't mind, but it's the way they get these bands in how long they make them wait. Uh, and almost to the point sometimes where people are, are passed and gone yeah. and then they let them in. And then two members of a six piece band show up to accept it. It's, I mean, the whole thing's a mess. I'm starting to feel that way about the rock and roll hall of fame. I'm starting to look at, or sorry, the, the baseball hall of fame. And I'm starting to look at it as, Hey, this is a hall of fame. It's more like a museum and, a lot of the writers and commentators and executives really liked Big Poppy. So he's in. Cool. Let's let him in. But we didn't care for Barry Bonds a whole lot. It, even though he leads the world. I mean, he leads <laughs> he leads baseball, which is called the baseball hall of fame. He leads baseball in every statistical care category you can think of offensively. And it happened. I know it happened in an era that was not, you know, that was looked down upon at this point. But the fact that the the commissioner of baseball at the time loved it, embraced it, was making money off of it, was putting people in seats during this whole period. And now they want to turn their noses to it and say, that's not legit. The whole thing was a mess. Uh, anyways, I could go on and on, but I won't. But uh, it's very frustrating and irritating that the best player in the history of the game is not in the Hall of Fame at this point. It's a complete travesty. It's a joke. Uh, They've got to right this wrong at some point. Uh, I mean, I understand the Pete Rose thing. There's a blemish. There's a looking at uh, fixed games and, and whatnot. But again, even that was proven that, sure, he bet on the Reds, but he bet on the Reds to win. For crying out loud. I mean, who doesn't bet on yourself to win? If you're not betting on yourself to win, why are you playing the game? I think everybody should be able to allow allow them to bet, you know, let Scherzer go out in there and say, when I start, I want to bet on me starting. You think he's going to try harder? (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Uh, It's become the hall of who didn't hurt my feelings. And that's what sucks so much about it. It's it's like a personal grudge thing and, and you know writers are the unbiased word that we read right like and yet their votes uh are are, are tarnished a little bit and you know that I, I think the people who just vote against the the ped era fine if you can prove it but what about the people sure. who you can't prove and like you, you mentioned big poppy he's the biggest asterisk <laughs> out there right is is yeah. big poppy but because everybody loves big poppy he's a great, yeah. great story you know he didn't hurt my feelings oh let's just let's put this guy in there's no way he could he could have done steroids so just quickly now i'm not saying that mcgriff did anything i don't know right. anything about mcgriff but during what we would decree are the the steroid years right uh, which is the late '90s and 2000s. Even though we could go back to the to the mid to late '80s when when Canseco and McGuire were were doing their thing, it really became a, a big problem in that late '90s, early 2000s. So, 
in McGriff's 1998 season, he was 30, uh, 34 years old. He hit 19 home runs. In his 99 season, he was 35 years old. He hit 32 home runs. In his 2000 season, he hit 27 home runs. In his 2001 season, he uh, he was 37 years old, and he hit 31 home runs. In his 38-year-old season in 2002, he hit 30 home runs. In, tw- in uh, 2003, he was down to 13. And in the previous years... Before uh, those steroid years, let's go to uh, 93 when he broke our hearts. He was 37, 34, 27, 28, 22, 19. So the previous four years before 1999, he was just on this downward trend of home runs. That doesn't say that he then decided to take steroids so that he could hit home runs. Right. I'm just saying if you had a thought or a wonder, like those numbers would, would tell you something, right? But we can't go yeah. back in time and go, Fred McGriff, you, you know, see Barry's problem is that Barry went from <laughs> 40 home runs to 71. Yeah. yeah. That was the problem. <laughs> but, but again, it wasn't, it wasn't a problem because the league was letting it happen. And for them to now turn around you know, 15 years later, 16, 17 years later and say, yeah, that was bad. No, you can't do that because also you can go back and look at the 60s and say, how many people, Roger Maris and all these other guys, were doing amphetamines in the 60s for crying out loud. Uh, You know, without those, are they up for the game and hitting a home run the next night? Uh, You know, uh, Maybe not. Maybe if they're not whacked out on speed. So who, who knows? I mean, that's you can go back to every era and say there was an issue in every era. There was something going on in every area. I think if you have a baseball Hall of Fame, that's fine. You, you want to have separate wings? You do that. Have a 60s wing, a 70s yeah, wings, an sure. 80, a 92. You could do that, too. But just, just to ignore the era completely of Clemens, Bonds. But, I mean, you know, Palmero got yeah, whatever. Even him, let him in. Um, the numbers are ridiculous. Sosa for all these guys. Um, it's to to leave them out. I I just kind of feel like you're not telling the complete story of the history of the game. You're, tr- you're, you're leaving- trying. You're trying to hide that MLB was complicit. That's what you're trying yeah, to say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're trying to say, well, 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 we were at the time, but we're not now, which is false. It, you were at the time, and you are now as well. It, it's, it's fine to say that, you know, that happened. Oops. You know, maybe we should have done better. But, hey, you know what? It happened, and you, you went to the ballpark, and you saw a lot of really cool games. You saw a lot of awesome home runs high-scoring games, you watch the World Series, those World Series teams still have trophies. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're not scrubbed from the record book, so you, you, scrubbing people out of the Hall of Fame is just ridiculous to me. Yeah, and there's probably people doing steroids in baseball right now. <gasps> <laughs> all right. Don't uh, say that too loud. <laughs> all right, we'll hit, we're going to hit our last segment here, but before that, Quickly, quickly, we'll, we'll we'll do what we're drinking. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll lead with mine because mine is really fun. All right, cool. Um, I have a holiday party this weekend. Hey, I am. I, I know I, I'm a smart enough person to know that you can't really like drop weight before trying to fit into a suit. Like, no. eh, maybe like a pound here or there, but still. Yeah. You know, I, w- I want to be on my best sort of behavior when it comes to the diet this week, just so the suit fits, you know, well enough. Um, but uh, so I was like, oh, like I have this. Uh, we, we were talking about how I had bought some cocktails in a bottle like over the summer. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I realized that I still had one left that was a Manhattan. I was like, oh, I'll have the Manhattan and just, you know, sort of remember. Maybe I'll do it next week. But um, it was it was uh, I, I was like, ah. Maybe I'll just go straight bourbon because I don't want the sugar from the Manhattan because I got to fit in this suit this weekend <laughs> for this holiday party. Uh, so I was at at the store and I really don't care. Uh, 
I'm I'm not saying I won't care. I I love the taste of bourbon, but we've talked about this. I don't have the palate with it to where I'm like, oh, this is fantastic and this sucks. It's like, oh, everything's kind of good. Like that's probably a bad thing, by the way. (laughs) But Uh, no, that's good. That's good. But um, so there was a bourbon at Safeway. I'd seen it before. It was called Puncher's Chance. As a boxing and MMA fan, yes, this is right up my alley, right? Uh, and, but it was a little pricey, and I was like, ah, at some point, uh, I'll, I'll pick it up down the line. And I went to Safeway, and for whatever reason, I don't know exactly why, maybe they had a lot too much of it, or I don't know if it's going out of print or whatever. Their, their website still works. I checked it out. The website's still, still going. <laughs> it was discounted from uh, 42 bucks to 28 bucks for the bottle. And I was like, okay, perfect, right? You know, you, you, you don't have to add, tell me twice to that that yeah. thing is on sale because <laughs> I was going to get it anyway. So that's what I'm drinking, Puncher's Chance, and the website is in a font that is not very easy to read, by the way. So I would, say uh, if if, yeah. if I was to talk to their marketing, uh, I would uh, I would tell them to to fix that. But they said uh, Puncher's Chance is straight Kentucky bourbon with an uncompromising mission. A bourbon whose time has come. It's distilled age and bottled all in the heart of Kentucky, crafted in the experienced hands of our master distiller, Keeban Curtis, a seasoned pro who refined his career as a former distiller of some of the most prestigious world-class bourbons. For puncher's chance, Keeban uses a marriage of five- and six-year bourbon barrels, the mash bill, is a 90-proof combo of 75% corn, Ooh. 13% rye, and 12% barley, a true Kentucky bourbon with distinct taste and mass appeal. And as far as I can tell, that is the entire website. I think <laughs> you, you can click on some other things, but like, there's nothing else on the front page yeah. except for that. <laughs> well, I, I was just looking it up on Whiskey Review. They gave it a 3.5 out of 5. Uh, this is incredibly accessible bourbon. Uh, I would recommend Puncher's Chance to kick the door in for someone brand new to bourbon. The subtle blend gives off just enough of the wood and sweetness on the nose, and it really mellows out in the glass to a nice, smooth finish. So there you go. Mm, there you go. All right. I like that. Well, I didn't get too crazy. MLB sponsor. Evan Williams. Hey. This is my so so when you talk about like I'm gonna have this, you know, like Sierra Nevada pale yeah. ale. Yeah. Try to have that in fr- in the fridge at all times. It's accessible. It's the price is good. I love um hoppy beer and it's a fantastic pale ale. So this is my have in the cupboard at all times, Evan Williams. Uh, just a regular old bottle of Evan Williams, the black. And uh, you can get this total wine for like twelve ninety nine. dollars um, You can get it in Safeway sometimes on sale for $9.99. Wow. Um, yeah, it's just one of those bottles. Uh, one of my favorite glasses, the little, uh, I don't know, I call it my spinny glass. <laughs> but but uh, I throw it in there, I get a nice big nose from it. Uh, I like it. It's super mellow, but it's really woody. Uh, and it has a nice little bite to it, and it uh, just kind of a smooth, mellow finish. Never, I mean, I'm on Reddit, and there is a a, a bourbon section in Reddit, a, a bourbon subreddit. Yeah. And whenever people say, "What is your bourbon you always keep?" Yeah. In the cupboard, this one comes up a lot. So. Yeah, yeah, I see that. I, I see those threads. I, I like the bourbon yeah, thread, yeah. this bourbon subreddit. Uh, yeah. Okay, so last segment of the show here. Um. Let's talk about Brian Reynolds because he yeah, requested yeah. a trade from the Pittsburgh Pirates. And Ken Rosenthal wrote a piece in The Athletic about how the Pirates should trade him because they're not going to put players around him. Even though, didn't they sign Cabrian Hayes to like a big deal last year? So they've actually invested in him. Yeah. I know they picked up a couple of players already this year who's... Uh, ground ball percentage to the right side was like horrific. And they think that with the, the new rules uh, that the, these players will hit a little bit better because of it. Uh, but what'd you, what'd you think about Reynolds? Cause Reynolds, obviously from the giants organization originally, we've all always had our eye on him because we knew, we know that, you know, the pirates don't really keep their guys, 
but that kind of came out of uh, it kind of came out of nowhere for me. Uh, he's been a trade target because people just assume that the Pirates are going to try and get more farm pieces for him. But for him to actually come out and say, I want out of here, that was kind of a surprise. Yeah, he's 27, and I think he's controllable for the next three seasons. Um, and, and whoever gets him, you probably want to lock the guy up for a seven-year modest deal, but you you can probably get him, especially if he's in a, a winning organization. Um, I think I would love to have him back. Uh, it hurt, you know, when when they traded him away, but I think. You know, I think I think I would like him. He'd be a, a good complimentary piece. But the problem is, like you and I had talked about, if he goes for a top five prospect or two of your top five prospects, that's a, a rough trade. Uh, anywhere from like the six to 20 range, uh, if they can give up, you know, a good pitching prospect uh, and maybe, a, a, you know, I, I, I don't know, let's throw some names out there. Will Wilson, um uh, and, and maybe like two other players, uh, something the pirates can build around. Cause the, the pirates seem like they're always building. Right. I mean, they're, <laughs> you know, they're, they're in the top three, I think this year in, in the, um, in the draft lottery, I think they, they have a 16.5% chance of getting that number one overall pick. Um, I, I I would go for the deal if they could trade two prospects from six to 20, but I think if it's going to take a top five prospect um, only if you think Brian Reynolds is that missing piece after you get Aaron judge um, after you sign a starting pitcher, after you shine, sign a, a shortstop and then you're looking at, well, we can get Cody Bellinger or we can get Brian Reynolds for a prospect. I, I think maybe you look at that and say, look, table setter or, or, you know, number two hitter guy's got 25 home runs a season, uh, can hit 270, 280, uh, gets on base quite a bit. I mean, look, looking at his OPS plus in the three complete seasons, not including the 2020 COVID season. So OPS plus was 130, 145, 126, career 127 OPS plus, um, you know, he's a giants type of player on base percentage, 361 in his career. Uh, giants could absolutely use that. Uh, you know, he did strike out quite a bit this last season, but he still does walk. He still does get on base again, hit 262, 2021 hit 302. So, I mean, really, truly he is a 300 hitter, um, controllable for three years. I think the Giants would like that. I, I would go for it. I, I, again, if he's that piece that the Giants need, I, I would say go for it. Okay. I w- what I was going to do with this segment mm-hmm. is I was going to give you a list of prospects and okay. you know wh- whatever the ranking was, whoever's we were, we were, to, were to use, and yeah. how far down the list of, of prospects before you would say, okay, I'm willing to trade this player for Brian Reynolds. So I was like, Hmm, I may be off on this because the fact that he's still got time left, which any team that trades for him actually has more time before he becomes a free agent. That is very valuable in baseball right now. Absolutely. Uh, that's why Juan Soto goes for as much as he did, right? Cause you have control with him for, you know, how many ever years uh, that, that you do, um, it's, it's at least a, it's at least two or three more, I think with, with, with the Padres. Right. But so I reached out to a guest, a former guest of this show, and hopefully a future guest, uh, as we get into the, uh, you know, more, more towards like the spring training time frame. Roger Munter from, there we go. The very good Substack. There are giants, which you can see if you're on the video, you can see the, the link Roger Munter He covers all of the giants minor leagues. Like you think maybe he just looks at like the top prospects. No, Roger covers every single minor league team. The giants have in tremendous depth and detail. There's multiple podcasts a month as well. So lots of value there for Roger uh, Rogers website. Okay, so I asked him, I said, uh, I asked him, I said, hey, Roger, if the Giants were in on Brian Reynolds, what type of prospects do you think they'd have to give up? 
His answer knocked me off of my chair. He said, it would need to start with Luciano or Harrison. Start with Luciano or Harrison. And then add probably three other players with the last one being a low-level pitcher of some sort. Something like Luciano, McCray, Matos, Brown, Arteaga, and then he said comma, Black Silva, and Jose Cruz. Maybe you could get away with the last piece being somebody like Jeremy Maldonado. Now, this is why Roger is Roger, because I've never heard of Jeremy Maldonado. <laughs> <laughs> but we've heard of these, uh, these other prospects. And, and yeah. uh, you know, you're talking about uh, that's like three, four, five, probably, of their top ten. That, that he listed, you know, four of their top 10. So you're not talking about, you know, a, um, a Matos and then single A guys, right? That, that right. are just random single A guys. You're not talking about, oh, let's kind of slide in a Hunter Bishop there. And, uh, you know, it's not that. Yeah. So that is a heavy, heavy lift, which then I said, oh, so they're not going to be in on him. <laughs> and, 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 and so Roger said, they're probably going to kick the tires, but it's really the Padres hold all the leverage because they don't have to move him. They don't, he's, he's a pirate until they decide that he's not a pirate, right? So yeah, it's really the sure. leverages with the pirates, which is why that heft is so high. Now, what could happen is if they go into the season and then Reynolds struggles, then the price lowers, obviously. But as it currently stands in the offseason when teams are going like, oh, we could get Reynolds back to his all-star caliber player. That's kind of how everybody sees him. So the price is very high. That, yeah, that, wow. Okay, yeah. I mean, that changes things. And and again, like I said, so it's it's striking when the iron's hot. So if the Dodgers start to have a bad offseason, again, they have so many prospects in their minor league system, they can just start to kind of plug guys in when they lose them. But if they have start to have a bad off season where they're not getting the big names that they want to get, I mean, already we know they're not getting Degrom, they're not getting Verlander, they're not getting Trey Turner back. Um, you know, those things are happening. Most likely won't get Judge. Um, where will they start to go from there? Uh, again, they have a a great team as we saw last year, they can still win with the team that they currently have. They can win the division. They can win a couple of rounds of the playoffs. They can even win the world series with, with the, the team that they currently have. If the giants feel like after they got judge, after they, you know, you say you get judge, you get Carlos Correa or, or Xander Bogarts and then Ross get, Stripling is the, Ross the name Stripling that Brisby threw out there. Exactly. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. You get, you get a starting pitcher like that. And so yeah. you get Stripling. Um, and then all of a sudden you go, man, Brian Reynolds might push us to a division title. If we can pull off that trade, because we've seen what has, what has happened with, Elliot Ramos. We have seen, you don't know who these players yeah. are yet. Yeah. You know who they are in the minors. You don't have any idea who these players are in the majors. You certainly know who Brian Reynolds is in the majors. And you certainly know who, uh, you know, other, other trade targets who put like Teoscar Hernandez going from the blue Jays to the Mariners, you know who he is. So you give up prospects yeah. to get those players. So if the giants feel like, Fun uh, MLB the show player yeah. right there too. Tail. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so, so if the Giants look at that and they say, "We know who Brian Reynolds is. We can do this, and and this will push us over the edge. This will get us into the playoffs for the next three or four years." Let's go for it. And and I wouldn't have a problem with it because I, again, you and I grew up in an era where it was like, if you had a prospect, he was total hit or miss. Will Clark. Robbie Thompson, you love to see those guys come up. They do their thing. 
But then we are also in an era too, where it was, it was like trade the prospects and get the guy at the trade deadline that is going to help you get the Ellis Burks that is going to help you and push you into the playoffs and do that thing. Um, you know, get Hunter Pence. You're just going to do it. You're going to go get Carlos Beltran. I know that didn't pan out and Zach Wheeler is doing awesome, but, but you still make that trade because you strike when the iron's hot and you do it when the window is open. And that's what, you know, right now, like with, uh, with the Phillies, they're doing that. The window is open 10 years. If it's going to take 10 years to get, yeah. If it's going to take 10 years to get trade Turner here, so we can try to get back to the world series only next year, (laughs) that's what we're going to do. And so that's kind of what you have to do. So I'm okay with trading prospects if they, but if, but if they miss out on judge and you miss out on Correa and you miss out on uh, starting pitching and then you're like, let's trade for Brian Reynolds. I'm going to have a problem with that. And I'm sure most fans will. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right. Again, thanks to Roger for his insight. Yes, absolutely. Uh, fantastic insight and scary insight. But um, <laughs> but but That's yeah, a lot so, of big names, man. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of big names. Uh, so yeah, uh, that'll wrap it up for us. So hopefully by the next show, uh, we'll know a little bit more about about the judge situation. We'll either have another judge report or he's already been signed with us. That's my hope. Yes. Um, you know what? You know how it always works. We're gonna sign off. And then in about an hour, he's going to sign with you. <laughs> there you That's go. Pretty much. And, th- and then we'll have to do like a breaking news show <laughs> or something. Uh, all right. We, we may also have a special guest on the show next week. Not going to really tease anything, but somebody for, you know somebody who has ties similar to us, may have gone to the same college, may have done some similar things as Brad or is still doing so. Uh, that that that's all the that's all uh, of the clues here until next week. But uh, yeah, I don't want to jinx it. So hopefully it happens because it'll be fun if it does. Uh, all right. So for Brad, I am Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out. Peace. <laughs>